This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you go to Luton Town Centre, it's not the most welcoming of place. It's pretty horrible, actually. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, Almunia saves, knock out, follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hulk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Trondini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us today, BBC Three Counties radio presenter and Luton Town fan, Justin Dealey. Good afternoon. How are you? Well, uh, this all feels a little bit strange. It's my first day back at work today, the day we're recording this. I had my booster jab last night and here I am on a Watford podcast. It feels like... um, it feels like I've lost my mind, to be completely honest with you. But are here you, I am. Good are, afternoon, Jed. Good afternoon. Are you living in a fever dream? Is that what it is? is it maybe the... <laughs> Something like that. Um, <laughs> I feel slightly hot, but I haven't got a temperature. I right. haven't. But uh, no, it's, it's interesting to be here because the rivalry, of course, has been there all of my life. But we haven't played you for so long apart from last season. I just hope with the greatest amount of respect that it comes back next season. Oh, that would mean that we're going to get relegated, wouldn't it? I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't get relegated, and we go up. I'm just saying. Well, just saying. well, we'll see. No, I couldn't deal. I couldn't deal with that being a Premier League game. That would upset me, to be fair. <laughs> it, it's very. Uh, anybody that's listening to this now is probably straight away gone. Hang on a second. We've got a Luton Town fan on here, yeah. but the, the, it's quite interesting, really, because at the end of the day, we are uh, with football fans. Uh, we have that in common. Uh, when you know you don't pick your team, in my opinion, it picks you. And for yeah. whatever reason, um, you've you've picked or been picked by by Luton Town. So it, it's just a real good insight to try and find out: is it as bad on your side as it is for us? You know, yeah. how, how do you how do you kind of see? see Watford from your side? Well, from my side, it's quite interesting because I've got a very large family and 95% of them, they are Watford fans. So a lot of Watford fans in the family, but it comes from my granddad. My granddad years ago went to see Luton play, went there on a bus, took my dad there, and it's kind of gone down that line for me. So there is a lot of Watford fans in the family. That banter 
hasn't really been there for the last 14 years or so. I really mm. would miss it. Um, because the, the Watford-Luton games for me, when I think about my childhood and going to all the football games, that was a huge part of it. You pick up the fixture list and it'll be right. When have we got Watford at home? When have we got Watford away? And I've missed it so much. So last season, when it eventually came back, and to be told... To be we can't people, go. Yeah. It, it broke my heart. And the sad thing is, there'll be so many people listening to this that are of a generation that have never, ever been to a mm. Watford-Luton game. And it's such a, a unique fixture um, in the kind of schedule. And, yeah, it's it's been great for me down the years to to kind of have that Watford-Luton in the family. It's been most enjoyable. Well, enjoyable. Wow, okay. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> because, look, when, when you go to a party what's the first thing you do if can i say this um you know some of the family parties that i go to i mean you, you kind of get dragged along to some of them so so when you get in the front door the first thing you want to do is talk about football and if you've got family members there that, that are what for fans straight away the banter kicks in um so it's been great to, to have that in my life I mean, we've spoken to quite a few ex-players Watford players one that springs to mind is tommy smith who's played for quite a few teams and therefore has played in quite a few derbies yeah and he said the Watford Luton one for him was the biggest the most fierce it was yeah you'd never known anything quite like it and I think the match he was referring to in particular was when you came down to us in the league cup yeah uh, and oh a, yeah that was a, a, a little it? bit of a yeah. pitch invasion from your from your end and then Matt Spring scores that amazing goal and then we signed Matt Spring a few seasons later <laughs> all a bit bizarre being a Luton fan uh, generally how fierce is the feeling towards Watford fans because I know as a as a as a Watford fan that really only kind of manifests itself if we're mm. going to be playing you or something like that yeah. and we're, obviously we chant anti-Luton songs occasionally you haven't done that for, for quite a while I think it's only if things are going really quite flat in the game we think what songs have we not done we haven't done a Luton one we'll do a Luton one <laughs> <laughs> how, how fierce is the feeling against Watford from the other side. Before I come to that question, I actually went to school with Tommy Smith. Oh, did you? Did you? Yeah, yeah. And Tommy was going out with a girl and his best mate was my girlfriend's cousin. So we would often... Does that make any sense whatsoever? Yes. Uh, yes. So it's yeah, a loose I, connection I between that, you yes. and Tommy. We would often be at family parties. And um, obviously at the time, you're going back to that that 2-1 game, all the kind of talk before was, oh, it's 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 Luton Watford. I remember being in Magaluf, actually, and I was on a lad's holiday and I picked up the newspaper. I was feeling so hungover. And we're having this fried breakfast. I've got the newspaper. It was the Daily Star. I mean, I'm really giving you everything I've got here. So <laughs> and I'm sat there with my full English breakfast in Magaluf on a gentleman's trip abroad and I've picked it up, cup draw. It's in alphabetical order. So I'm thinking, where is it? Where is it? Where's Luton? Where's Luton? Hang on a minute. Get to the very bottom. Watford versus Luton. Yes! And I was up on the table and the restaurant manager came over and said, uh, can you get down, please? And I had to explain to him, look, Luton have just drawn Watford away in the League Cup. <laughs> I, I was that excited. But but the rivalry over the years, and this is the sad thing, because obviously Luton have, have dropped down to the fifth tier. Um, that rivalry is, is not as strong. If there is to be another fixture next season, the season after, if there is to be another fixture, soon and the teams start playing each other more often, um, it will come back. But as I was saying, there is a large generation of fans that have never seen that fixture. Yeah. And for those people last year behind closed doors, that would have meant nothing to them. So I think mm. it will come back. I think that that whole kind of hatred thing will always be there to a certain type of person. But most Watford and Luton fans um, either work with somebody or have somebody in the family who supports one of the two teams. Mm. So mm. I see it from a slightly different point of view. Uh, would I go into a family party and, and start having a go at a family member? 
no, I wouldn't. So it's it's been a, a rivalry which, at the games, yeah, it gets tense. Of course it does. But but when the games are not there, to a certain degree, that, that hatred hasn't been there for me because it goes back to my family. We were talking to a, a group of lads who, you know, as far as Watford are concerned, I think Watford was invented when the uh, Potsos took over and, yep. and we, you know, and, and they've only really seen, with the greatest respect, only really seen quite good things, you know, the Premier League for mm. five years, you know, up until, you know, up until now. And and you, you you bang on, they've never, they've never experienced the Watford-Luton game. You know, I, I was at um, Kenilworth Road, which in itself is, is a unique experience for the 4-0 where we, we were up there. Uh, you survived. Congratulations. Yeah, we did yes. survive just. Yes. Yeah. yeah, just, just <laughs> by the skin of my teeth. But, yeah. um, but you can't put into words the atmosphere that, that was there yeah. that day, you know. And, and uh, it still gives me goosebumps now thinking about it. And, and these got these lads, you know, it's a different generation now. They, I've said to them, I said, you really don't want that game, you know, as much as no, as much no. as you can avoid it. You do not want that game. I said because up there uh, at Kenilworth Road, where proper traditional, you know, probably one of the most unique grounds in the country. Yeah. in the sense of an away end and, and you know the experience of walking essentially through somebody's house and up the back of their, their gardens into the stand is there's nowhere really else like that in the football league so yeah you're really bang on the money with regards to that I, I do wonder though and it, I don't know how far um, along it is that the new ground that yeah. Luton are, are invested is that being built now is that underway or um, there's so much talk about it that they've done a deal last week with a property developer because it's a, without boring you with the details, Junction 10 is yeah. a big part of the football stadium happening because that's right. the enabling okay. development. So when you try and explain it on the radio, after about 30 seconds, people have switched off. But they need Junction 10 for the football stadium to happen. The football stadium will happen. The good thing about Luton is, and I know the people at the top there, they are football people. They are yeah. football fans. So for this to happen would be the biggest thing that the town has ever seen because... And I can say this out loud. If you go to Luton Town Centre, it's not the most welcoming of place. It's pretty horrible, actually. So if they have a football stadium in the town centre, which is what the club are keen to do, that would completely transform the town. But mm. would it have the same atmosphere at a new ground compared to what it is and has been at Kenilworth Road? Always that's, a big, it, that's, that's a big, a big thing, you know, a big part yeah. of it. I think, I think a, a, an opposing, especially as an opposing fan, I think it's an opposing team. It's a tough place to go and play football there. You know, the crowd's right on top of you. It's Well, you mentioned the crowd. I don't know whether you know this, but when we beat you 1-0 last season, sorry to rub that in, but when we no, did... No, that's okay. Because my... <laughs> we, we, beat, we beat you 1-0 as well. <laughs> but my mate Darren is the PA announcer. And mm. I don't think Watford were used to go into a stadium, A, that was like that, because I saw where the showers had to be put when everything changed, and the okay. showers were basically under the stand. So you had the showers, the, the stadium wasn't what the Watford players were used to, but also my mate Darren was pumping out real sound effects throughout the ground. And I think genuinely, I think some of the Watford players spoke about this after the game, or well, the management did, that they couldn't really get their heads around it. Suddenly that there was this tiny little intimidating stadium pumping out crowd sounds and all the rest of it, and they couldn't deal with it that day. But that goes back to probably what <laughs> makes Luton successful at the moment, Table in the championship that is punching way, way, way above our yeah, weight. Was above awesome. your weight, yeah, hundred percent, um, yeah, uh, amazing. Yeah, thank you. I don't agree too much, but no, that's Sorry. that's. <laughs> 
But we are punching way above our weight. And I think the stadium comes into that because a lot of teams, when they turn up, and the championship have got some really big players. You know, Mitrovic the other week, I think he's on about 120 grand a week. That, that's a lot of money. When he turns up to play at Kenilworth Road and it's peeing down with rain and he walks out and he thinks, what the hell's this? That's mm. a massive advantage point to the club. Will that still be there, you know, in the new stadium? I, I hope so. They're talking about putting it close to the pitch, safe standing, all this kind of stuff to, to give it the feel of Kenilworth Road because you don't want to lose that. Uh, I've got a friend who's a Stevenage fan. I, I talk to him about football all the time and it, it seems to me a little bit as if your rivalry is, is with Stevenage a little bit more now than Watford. <laughs> I thought you said you weren't going to wind me up during this podcast. Oh, I didn't realise it. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Yes. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. I don't think we said we weren't going to wind you up. We just said <laughs> we were going to be as nice as possible. We weren't going to use this, the S uh, word. Yeah. With the greatest amount of respect to to Stevenage, the rivalry is not there. As I say, anybody who is a true fan, like yourself, of your football club, going back years, there is only one rivalry. Right. There is only one. That's nice to hear, actually. You know. Yeah, I like to be your rivals. Yeah, I want to hear that. (laughs) I don't want Stevenage stealing it. Yeah, yeah. But (laughs) but he was saying that they they do things to wind you up, like tying scarves outside your ground and all this sort of stuff and all the rest of it. I guess that's because they're a fairly new team and they have to pick someone to be a rival, I guess. Um, Do you know how the rivalry started? Was it it Luton picking on Watford? Just a distance up the M1? Was it... Because I think we've got bigger, well, other teams nearer to us than Luton. I think it goes back... uh, reading up on this last week and it goes back to the 60s that there was a game in the late 60s where there was quite a lot of crowd trouble right. and that's where it all started from right. and then of course during the 80s mm. when you've got a lot of hooliganism anyway and you've got the two clubs that were in the top flight at the time that's when it really came together you could argue that if the clubs weren't successful and they were um, in the 80s that maybe that rivalry wouldn't be what it is today but yeah from what I read 60s crowd trouble and 80s it kind of went to a new level I guess that makes sense you had that um, awful pitch in the 80s didn't you that plastic pitch oh. that players now are saying, about, it was Tony was Coton telling, he said everybody had like dodgy knees the Luton lads. Yeah. yeah they were struggling aren't they yeah I actually found a piece of that pitch hand on heart yesterday when I was doing out my wardrobe oh did you, <laughs> did you really? was this legally acquired or was this legally some... acquired okay. it cost me a tenner at the time um, but um, yeah we, we are, for the radio station about five years ago we actually did a really naff feature where we tried to get the pitch back so <laughs> <laughs> Part of it at Whipsnade Zoo. Um, there is also a huge part of it in a warehouse in Cambridgeshire. And then we had loads of people phoning up saying, on the last game of the season, I went onto the pitch and I dug up the, the, the penalty spot and all that kind of stuff. But I remember Watford actually beating us. This is going back years now. Um, you beat us on Boxing Day. I think it was 1-0 at our place on the old plastic pitch. But I do remember Watford beating us back in the day on the plastic. But it was a tough pitch to play on. My dad played on that for a, for a work do. And I think he's still got the scars now. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be really bad for your knees. Though. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, it was a kind of afterthought um, player, um, you know, players' knees and ligaments and joints and so forth, wasn't it? Because, uh, uh, yeah, Tony Coton was saying there's a few lads that he's, he, you know, still speaks to in and around, um, you know, Luton or yeah. ex-players and that, you know, they're in a bad way. You know, you know, Tony's a top and... bloke. Tony's a top bloke and he's, yeah, he's, he's a legend. Yeah. Mick Harford. He is. That's he's, it, yeah. They've been think... having mates for years. Yeah, well, he's doing some stuff for Mick now because Mick's got prostate cancer, isn't he? He has. And he's actually, I went to a talk before Christmas where he's raising money for Mick in, it was in Kings Langley. So who did Mick stamp on when we scored once again? Uh, uh, who was, was he playing Tony for? Mooney? I think it might have been Mooney. Yeah, it, it, it was Wimbledon. Silly... 
it was that Wimbledon was it. In, in the FA Cup. I think Moody scored an absolute blind. Yeah, and he stamped on today. him. <laughs> he stamped on all of them. And yeah, that that kind of. I mean, he was a legend anyway. But doing things like that as as a Luton fan just makes you love him. No, I mean rivalry <laughs> apart. I think everybody wishes Mick all the best. And oh, of course, yeah. You know, definitely. hopes hopes. Um, you know, he, he makes a full recovery. But I'm, I'm I'm quite interested. This is a question for you because talking about pain and being a being a Watford fan, me and Justin can um you know can can confirm that it's quite painful sometimes we've had um, our share we've had our share we've had our share we've had our share but but Luton had something happen to them which at the time I'm not going to lie I celebrated as if England had won the World <laughs> Cup and and that was basically the FA removing points and, and putting as many penalties on you as you could and you went out the Football League I mean yeah yeah, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, just just take me through that if you can, from a from a it fan's point of view. But 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 our conversation today about the Luton Watford rivalry was, from my point of view back then, was it was so hard to take. But I just thought it cannot be that Watford are in the top flight and we're in the fifth tier. Mm. That kept going through my mind all the time mm. um, at that point. But but playing in the fifth tier, um, going away to, I mean, some of the places I've tried to erase from my mind. <laughs> they, they, they were so bad. It was places like Hayes and Yedding. God, that there were so many away games, but it just felt like we were never, ever going to get back. Because I think yeah. most people thought we, we'd get back the first attempt, but that league, only one team goes up automatically. Yeah, how many? Yeah, was it two or three? You got to a, five. A, was it five? Because yeah. I remember you you playing at Main Road in a uh, it must have been a playoff final in that that division and, yeah. and losing again. I'm not going to lie, I did celebrate a little bit, but <laughs> I, I think I think from a fan's point of view, and this this comes back, you know, again, put rivalries aside from a football fan's point of view, that must have been an absolute nightmare. Yeah, you know, to 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 go to go through that driving home from Man City that day. That that that's like a three and a half four hour journey. Just thinking, oh, I've got all this next season again, yeah. and uh, honestly, it was it was awful because. You just thought to yourself, how far can we drop? When I was growing up, we were winning the League Cup. You know, we've won a trophy, boys. You know, you might get that one. <laughs> we're going to talk to you about this in a little while. We're going to talk to you about this in a minute, we, I think. We, we beat Arsenal in the League Cup. When I was growing up, we were always beating the top teams at home. And when I first started going, I couldn't believe my luck. And, and there we are all these years later in the fifth tier of English football. It's it's hard to put it into words how much that hurt. But mm-hmm. to kind of flip it onto the, the positive side, Side, our crowds went up. Mm. Our crowds from from the third tier to the fifth tier went up, and I think w- what it did, and th- this may sound stupid by saying this, but it it was almost looking back now. Uh, now things are looking a, a lot rosier. It was probably the best thing that ever happened, right? Because mm. at that time we weren't really going anywhere. Um, the club was poorly managed, which meant that that people came in that are now running the club. They are football people, and it kind of gave this attitude of we won't die, and everyone got together to try and save the football club, and now. Now looking back, you think, wow, look where we've come from to where we are right now. So in actual fact, I will say to people, it, it was awful. It was five years of utter misery. It couldn't have got any lower. But look at the high now compared to then. It's a great story. Massive story. You know, it's a similar thing that happened to, to Watford all, all them years ago, you know, rising through the, yeah, through yeah. the divisions. As much as rivalry apart from a footballing point of view, from a, a football story, it's it's up there. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, well done, yeah. That's, that's, as, that's as much as you're getting out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's high praise from Carl, <laughs> I've got to be honest. God, you, you I'm, I'm breaking into sweat. You you can relate to that coming from the lower leagues mm. going up towards the top division. Mm. And when hopefully we get there, you're there at the moment. When you do enjoy success, it tastes that much better because you know where you've come from. So, but but Luton haven't touched the Premier League yet, have they? Is that is that well, going to be? Found, we're founding members of the Premier League. Are you? The season we went down, we were founding members. Gotcha. 
So our chairman at the time, David Kohler, sat down with all the other managers and went, right, should we do the Premier League? Yep, we'll do the Premier League. Then we lost 2-1 away at Notts County on the last game of the season and we got relegated. Gotcha. Is our five or however many seasons we've been in the Premier League, is that measured as success as as a Luton fan or is that still you haven't won a trophy so no I'm jealous I'm jealous that you've been in the top flight of course absolutely because we've been in the top I've, I've experienced top flight football I've loved it but the Premier League is something completely different you know when I was growing up we had great players um, the Liverpool side of the 80s was, was, was amazing but now we have got in our league the top flight in this country uh, we have got the best players in the world That's... do I want to see that absolutely of course I do yeah. the only thing that worries me about top flight football worries about it um, <laughs> the only thing that concerns me i mean I, i'm from a certain era and you'll probably get this i'm from a certain area where, where football is very different than to what it is now yes would i be able as a fan to properly connect with my football club in the top flight so you've had um how many managers have you had now oh, in don't. 13 14 don't probably yeah. don't ask us that it's question lot, yeah. Yeah. but you know that th- there is the argument with that well hang on a minute that they keep changing their managers however they've played top flight football mm. And they've mm. been in the top flight for, for quite some time. So you could argue that's working. But as football fans yourself, you probably don't agree with that whatsoever. If that happened at my club, would I feel happy? No, I probably wouldn't. Okay, so the, the change in managers thing is uncomfortable. It, it is uncomfortable. You can feel it coming sometimes. You think, oh, this guy's not got long. I think we felt that with uh, Cisco. Well, with several managers, to be honest. It is odd, but if it keeps you in that division, then there are going to have to be some sacrifices, I guess. Yeah. One thing I do like, there's things I don't like about being in the Premier League, certainly this season, losing games. I don't like that at all. I don't like turning up and watching my team lose 4-1 uh, against West Ham or 2-0 against Wolves or whatever the results are that have gone against us this season. I don't like that at all. What I do like is when we do things like we beat Man United 4-0 uh, and, and, and and I remember when we beat United, I think it was 3-1 a, a few seasons ago. Before the match, on that pitch in front of me was Rooney and uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Paul Pogba and various other very, very big names in football. Literally yeah. right in front where I sit and Jose Mourinho was in the middle of the pitch sort of um, conducting the warm-up and you think, wow, we've just beaten that team 3-1 or whatever it is. Then, yeah. obviously, it's brilliant being in the Premier League. But when you're turning up week in, week out like we are at the moment and seeing absolute dross... Do you still feel that that ultimate connection to your football club because you are, no. at the moment, a Premier League no. football club? And with that comes sacrifices, maybe there, towards the fans. There's not there's not many not many Watford fans that you would speak to at the moment that still that will still say we have a connection to the club like we did hundred percent. I I know that I know I speak for thousands of people um, who who are Watford fans who it's not the same. There's there's you know there's a there's a very big void now between the Graham Taylor side yeah. of it where it was very much a family club. It's the you know the original family club. We we really went down that 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 road to to something now that is trying to be. Uh, you know, competitive in in the, in the top flight, which obviously comes at a cost. You know, the facilities, what the, what the owners have done with the facilities and the stadium, and you know, some of the signings that have come in. You know, we've had some mm. we've had some terrific players come in. However, you know that that has come at a cost, and there's a lot to be said about being in the championship and turning up every day, week in and week out, and kind of knowing, not knowing, but we we stand a really good chance of of you know doing something here. And teams like Norwich, I look at, you know, they'll go back down to the championship. I, I, yeah. I put money, I put money on, they'll come straight back up. Yeah, because because that that's their philosophy. Whereas Watford, you know, I, you just you just don't know because the manager's not bringing in the players. It's it's a you know somebody else who, and then they'll get the manager in to just work with what what he's given, and that's a. Rec- 
recipe that has worked, but it's not a guaranteed success story. Um, This may sound like a ridiculous question, but by you saying that, I'm getting the impression that you almost preferred watching your football team a league below because it was much more fun. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think think watching them a league below, but maybe a few seasons ago, I think there's the the current owners and the the current administration have got this very (coughs) strange idea about sort of very polished spin that comes out from the club. Take, for example, the game against West Ham the other day the, the, the social media is all about Dennis's goal look at Dennis's goal he scored so yeah. many goals this season and the, nothing about but the rest of the game was dreadful and we were awful and we really need to yeah. rebuild and rethink it's this, this spin and this polish that comes out of the club that a lot of us or most of us see through a little bit and you can't ha- they don't have open days I mean COVID's probably put paid to that anyway but you know we don't have open days like we used to do where you could just go around the pitch and meet players it's all very stage managed and you, if you want to meet certain players you go this way and then you have to get in a queue yeah. to meet it's, it's there's a real kind of there is a disconnect between the fans this wasn't Watford you could probably find it quite easily if you look on social media but uh, there was a feature that I did on my radio show the other week of of this little lad I think he was seven and he'd raised a thousand pounds for a care home by reading the residents bedtime stories a thousand pounds for a kid is amazing and he's a a big fan of a team in the Premier League but he'd never been to one of their games before he'd been to an under 23s game but not a first team game so I phoned said club um, couldn't get through I emailed five times to try and get a response look we're trying to get this kid to go to his first game he's just raised a thousand pounds for a care home and about a week later they got back but only because i tweeted the club and said look we're trying to get this kid to his first ever game you're not replying to any of my messages what's going on and i just that, that day i thought that's not football for me i mean that's that's a great story of a young kid who's done something brilliant in his community he's never been to a first team game years ago that would have been absolutely of course mm. but now you've almost got a beggar football club to do something yeah uh, that's right for a young kid. I just couldn't believe it. No, but that, that doesn't surprise me. And I, that, that certainly is, in essence, what's going on at Watford now. There's a very big distance between fans and the top. And there's a lot of fans at the moment are asking for a fans forum. Uh, hmm. We used to have them every year. Uh, well, I was going to say, I remember listening to them on a radio station and yeah. things got pretty heated back in the day. Yeah, it was they great did. radio. I loved it. It was great radio. And it was great being in the room as well. It was absolutely yeah. fantastic because you thought, oh, who's going to ask the next question? You know, they, they were on about the redevelopment of the uh, what is now the Elton John stand. Yeah, because uh, they, they apparently they'd ring fence some money for it, uh, and I remember someone getting a microphone and saying. Can you just describe to me uh, your definition of ring fenced? And then he pointed to the stands, and you could just see the management and the upper echelons going, "Oh man, how do we answer this question?" Ouch! Yeah, but they wouldn't <laughs> do that now. That's what fans want. They yeah. just want to look. If people are paying good money and to go to football these days, you're paying good money it to ain't go. Cheap. It's not cheap. It's not all. cheap to go to football these days. It's mm. a working class game. It's not too much once a year to sit down with your fans that have got questions mm. and you answer them honestly. It's not too much to ask. Well, they're your biggest no. stakeholder at the end of the day. You, of course, yeah. You've got no fans. You're not going to have a team. Well, we keep on being told last season, oh, wasn't it dreadful without fans? Football's nothing without fans. Mm. Fans came back in. It was great. But I just feel recently, you know, with some of the... Well, you at Burnley the other week. Oh, God. I yeah. Think you were told two hours before the kickoff. Terrible. And, and, yeah. and for the first time in a long time, I felt sorry for Watford fans. Mm. I thought, wow. I, I, will, know, say, I will say something before. on that, though. That that was the Premier League, not the club. And, mm. and that's, that's a part of it as well. The you're... Premier League, is is obviously the hierarchy and, yeah. and they should know that fans I, I know somebody again who lives in Hemel who drove up there was sat up there in a pub and to be told two hours before the game's off 
Mm. I just thought was outrageous. I just outrageous. Yeah. I, I know. I know we're living in difficult times. I know things are changing very quickly. But to let the fans know, to let them travel up north in the middle of a pandemic, and then to be told two hours before kickoff, games off. Mm. I just thought was was so wrong. I think what's also mm. wrong, really, is that those that went on official club transport got reimbursed travel expenses. Yeah. I'm not yep. saying you can give everybody travel expenses because it's just not possible. But for everybody that went, every ticket holder, look, it's 30 quid off at the shop. Yeah. Get yourself a shirt or something. It wouldn't take much to do that. I can't imagine it's going to cost them a lot of money. Absolutely nothing. Well, it's... a midweek game before Christmas. Exactly. Uh, away at Burnley. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's dedication. That is for any club. Yeah, I didn't go. <laughs> you didn't go, either, did you, Carl? <laughs> I no, think what happened I, was we yeah. saw the Brentford game and went, yeah, I we'll saw the Brentford that. game. No, don't fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's an honesty amongst us, uh, me and Carl. We call it out if it's rubbish. Just, I'm not going, they're rubbish. I'm not going next week or whatever. It's just, just the way it is. I uh, Quickly, just to, to finish on that one, uh, uh, who did we lose to, Justin? I said, I'm not going to Everton. I had a ticket. Oh, so it, not was, going. it was Liverpool we lost to. Oh, it was Liverpool. That? Yeah, I said, I'm not going. I said, I'm not watching that crap. I said, I can't, I can't do it. Not going. <laughs> All the way up there, it's, it's, it's horrendous travel. Getting out of the Liverpool in itself is a yep. nightmare, and then we go and smash and fight. Was it five two? Five two, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, I know. Oh. You dropped one there, mate. You really did. Oh, I love yeah. that. This is Thomas Briskin, and you are listening. Do not scratch your eyes. Podcast. On a on a different uh, subject, I, I'd like to talk to you about Andre Gray. Yes. How, yes. how was how was he for you? Would you like him back at your team? Because for us, he was probably our worst signing ever. We spent. 18 million pounds on him as a footballer he didn't offer much as a professional he didn't offer very much either I can't think of any other player that's come to us that has been quite as reviled as Andre Gray in fact he there was a video last year that the club put together which was sort of a come on he's not that bad let's have a chat with Andre they've never done that yeah yeah, they've never done that for anybody else before how was he for you when he was with you absolutely amazing but you've got to remember this was the fifth <laughs> and I, I hate to kind of break it to you, but, but he was on a secret mission to, to go to Watford well, and do really badly. Well, for he you. succeeded yeah. well. He there. succeeded. He's, he's yeah. brilliant at doing that. He's not. We signed him, I think, from from Hinkley for about twenty five grand. He came in towards the end of the season. He was smashing goals in left, right, and centre. Right. And um, that season, we made the playoffs and we lost to York at Wembley, which was another playoff defeat, which was awful to take. And then I think it was the next season or the season after that where we went up and it was because Andre Gray and his goals I think he scored 30 goals for us that season right it was absolutely brilliant he was at, at that level he was so quick he was so physical teams just couldn't defend against Andre Gray so then he went off to Brentford and we thought okay well, let's see how he gets on and then I saw him play six months later and his physique had completely changed. Yeah, he's big, big, he bulky looked, guy, yeah. Big, yeah. Big yeah. guy, really, really physical now, banging the goals in, went to Burnley, did brilliant. He went to your place, and I was really, really upset. Yeah, we in were. Fact, I did a podcast <laughs> at the time, and I was saying to people, look, you know, do, do you care about this? And, and fans were, were really, really upset that he'd gone to Watford. Really? And what I said, yeah. So what I said was, look, with the greatest amount of respect, as soon as a player leaves my football club, I don't care how they get on. Mm-hmm. And that sounds a bit cold, but, mm. but why would I care? Mm. So we had um, uh, Keenan Dewsbury Hall, who played for us last season. It was outstanding. Played for Leicester the other night, bowl accounts. Against, yeah, he's done, doing really well, isn't he? He's kicking yeah, on, against, mate. Um, on. Who they played in Liverpool? Um, he Liverpool, was yeah. the other night. But, but I, don't, I don't really care. I, I saw that online. And I thought, oh, we're kind of looking back again. But mm. when he went to Watford, fans were, were really, really upset. So when Even though there were so many perfect, steps between between him, you know, leaving Luton, was, you know, the other clubs he'd been to. Now he's at Watford. They're upset with all those steps in between that he's come to Watford. Yeah. 
Yeah, wow. because because he was he was a big reason as to why we got back in the football league. Right, and he is you know a legend at the football club. Right, to me he still is for what he did. Right, but to a lot of fans, no, uh, because he went down the road and, and played for Watford. Amazing. But because he played so badly for them, I think that got the fans <laughs> back on side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he celebrated in the last minute last season and he started kissing the badge, I was like, oh. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, we, I, we felt I couldn't like that really too. Get that because yeah, because you don't like. Him. No. Um, Watford fans don't like him by kissing the badge at a club where he's a legend. Mm. What good is that going to do for anybody? Nothing. Um, but he's he's a great player at Championship level. I think he's doing well for QPR this season. He scored a brilliant yeah. goal recently. Absolutely fantastic goal. It's I was I yeah. mean, yeah. said to me, would I take Andre Gray back at Luton in a heartbeat? Really? In a heartbeat. Yeah. In the summer, I honestly thought there was going to be some sort of a deal there. There was rumours, you know. There were rumours. There was, there was rumours, yeah. Because his contract finishes at the end of this season. Yeah. So he's a free, he's a free agent after that. Yeah, um, good luck I'm, with his wage demands, though, because I think he was also yeah, like 80 God. grand at ours or something. So good luck with that, to be fair. Well, well one, I think that that was the issue. You know, if, if we're going to take him on loan, we've got to play or pay um, the vast majority of his wages. Mm. A club like Luton can't afford to do that. Neither, neither and could, I can't imagine Watford doing us a favour by saying, look, I'll tell you what, you can take him for five grand a week. Yeah, well, we couldn't Which afford I, to, to pay them wages for that kind of level of commitment and football he gave us to we, be fair. Was... We, worked, we worked out at one point he, uh, per, per goal that he'd scored for oh, us. Oh, it was, was 1.7 it... million pounds per goal pounds or something ridiculous. Per goal, just, yeah. You know. What a bargain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But one yeah, player yeah, yeah. that I would say was a bargain uh, for, for us was Matty Spring. He was Matty part Spring, of our promotion probably. team in 2005-06. He was brilliant. I loved him. But then he came back to you, didn't he? He ended up back at Luton. He did. And again, a lot of fans didn't like that. Is that uh... right? We didn't because we, we were sort of like, oh, no. What's he doing? But of yeah. course, because he'd already been at you once, we couldn't exactly tear him off a strip about that. Because I saw Matt Spring play when he was about, I don't know, seventeen when he made his debut against Plymouth. And funny enough, it was it was the game after you had beaten us four 0 the, the week after, they they threw a load of youngsters in because they thought, well, do you know what? We've been stuffed by our local rivals four 0 We've got nothing to lose, and we beat Plymouth three right. 0 And Matt Spring played that day, um, was outstanding and, yeah, was was just a quality football player. Mm. Really, really good player. When he came back, he wasn't quite the same. I know he had some personal problems at the time. Um, but, yeah, Matt Spring was, in his first spell for, for us, was great. And for you, obviously, um, he was great because he helped you get promoted. Oh, he's great. He was, it, there was something about the midfield that, that season as well. We had a Chris Eagles as well and we had, you know, Gavin Marn and we just had these flair players that, as well up front. It was great. And Matt Spring, was that the I season it, where you beat Leeds to go up? In, in it was three 0 at the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you, that was a good. That was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it was. I'm trying uh, to remember what the scores were because we did play Luton well, that well, season. Yeah, well, at our place, you beat us two one. And it was yeah, one all at home, wasn't it? I think was it one all at home. It was one. One yeah. all at your place, yeah. and, and and fans were were livid at the time <laughs> because we had you at home the first week of January, and then the following week we had Liverpool at home in the FA Cup, and it was that famous five three game. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember it, yeah. And yeah. we were absolutely dreadful against Watford. Absolutely dreadful. Yet the following week, they go and play Liverpool and turn it on and everyone goes, what an amazing team. Yeah. True fans were saying, hang on a minute, last week against Watford. Why could we do that last week? bloody awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, it's like last season. We were flying. We were absolutely flying towards the end of the season. We were absolutely flying. And it was kind of almost not a foregone conclusion, but it was a very strong belief that we were going to beat you that day. And then... We were dreadful, weren't we, just that awful. That, that It all started with that flare thing. That soured everything. No one yeah. knows to this day who yeah. threw that flare on or whatever. Your pitch, I don't know what you'd done to it. I think you'd had some, some goats <laughs> chewing it or something to, to prepare for the to match. Quite my granddad from years ago, it was the same for both teams. True. But you might have been more used to it than us. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it was it was pretty... Pitch grim. didn't look great. Yeah, it did look I think, pretty I think we just we just gave it to you that day. Yeah, you I think did. We just didn't give you a second. We're one of the best pressing teams in the championship, and that day we didn't give you a second. Nah. The crowd sounds in the stadium. Yeah. I think the Watford players just thought, what on earth is this? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they were not frightened. They didn't they come on to you at all. It was just horrible to watch. It just oh. absolutely awful. Hello, my name's Chris Stark. I'm from BBC Radio 1, that Peter Crouch podcast. And you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. So you spoke to Troy recently. Was it as part of the Tring Book Festival? That's right. So he's got a new book that's come out recently. And, you know, we talk about rivalries, but I've always been a big fan of of Troy Dean. I think you mentioned something earlier where you said, look, we've lost 4-1 at home to West Ham. Yeah, on social media, they're talking about how great was it a goal? It was Dennis's goal, yeah, yeah. How great a goal was. Mm. Whereas Troy Deeney said to me that night, he said, you know, this is what's wrong with football these days. He says, you know, people like me that are outspoken um, are almost frowned upon. Mm. And that's what I've always liked about Troy Deeney. It, it felt like it felt like to me he was a fan that had been told, right, here's a shirt, go on and play. That's always the feeling I got from Troy Deeney. And there was that famous interview, I think it was after the Arsenal game. Oh, the Cajones. <laughs> but, but that as a football fan, that is what what you want to hear you've always been very outspoken <laughs> just an honest answer here do you think if you weren't as outspoken as you've been you would have played for England possibly possibly um, I think there was certainly times to be called up for uh, friendlies at least uh, the first year in the Prem with me and Iggy would suggest that um, but you know I don't I don't ever look back and try and be someone else. I don't ever try and go, ah, oh, if I didn't say that, if I, yeah. if I didn't say that, I wasn't being true to no. myself. So it's, I'm very happy to look in the mirror every day and say, try to be a better person. I've never tried to be intentionally disrespectful to anyone. Uh, and I've just always been as brutally honest, unfortunately. And sometimes it works and sometimes it backfires. Do you think because of that honesty, it's prevented you from going to other clubs in the Premier League again because of the way oh. that you've spoken? 100%. 100%. A lot of the conversations I've had, certainly in the last five years in regards to moves, that's been a key uh, contributing factor. People want to know what I am because anyone that's worked with me, and I think this was the amazing thing, no one who's ever worked with me has said, He's a bad person. He's not. He's not a good professional. No one's ever yeah. questioned anything. Am I a big mouth? Am I opinionated? Yes. But I'm well, also... that's what football fans want to hear, though, Troy. It is. But we we live in a world where it's okay for a football fan to change their opinion. It's not okay for a player to change their opinion. It's also okay to speak about certain things, but not okay to speak about everything. So it's a real tough balance to find that uh, that that thin line of okay because. Mm. I think, as being a fan, if let's just use the Watford game of last game, they lost against uh, Liverpool. Uh, by all accounts, was a poor display, and everyone was saying it was, you know, not what they expected. But you go on Instagram, and you know you're going to see three to four players say, "Tough loss. We go again next week. Fans are great." We all know that's not how they're feeling. Yeah. 
but we still subscribe that that's the okay message because at least they've recognised that fans were there. Whereas if I come out and said, we were absolutely rubbish, we were, you know what, and all these different things, well, now he's too harsh, now he's disrespectful on the group, but you've been truthful. Yeah. So it's that real fine balance of yeah. trying to uh, please everyone, which we also know is, is very difficult to do. When you talk about Instagram there, social media, mm-hmm. there's always a lot of discussion about racism mm-hmm. in football. At grounds... People are talking about it more now. But yeah. let's talk about social media. You're very active on social media. Are you yeah. still being racially abused on a daily basis on social media? Yeah, I got two on the way in today. That was it's quite nice. Uh, it's down. I'm really sorry to ask you this, no, but, but what were those people saying? You know, you, black such and such, you, N-word. Just, wow. just the way people are. It, it's, it's really tough, right, because there's, there's so many different ways you can look at it. You, you can look at it and go, well, they, these are probably just kids who are bored, let's say. There's no excuse. There is no excuse. I'm, I'm getting to that. But then you could also go, this is an adult who thinks a certain type of way. But the, and the biggest thing for me is people go, oh, it's social media, so Troy should stop looking or Troy should take should it down. You? And no, that's what I mean. But this is the argument and the narrative that's now being changed. Instead of it being, why don't we persecute and, and have accountability on that person for what he does... Now it should be the players should remove comments and do all of these. How do we things. stop this and deal with it properly? Um, identification, same way as anything. We're, you know, with COVID, we're talking about uh, COVID passports. You can't do this, you can't do that without it. You can't buy cigarettes without ID. You can't buy uh, alcohol without ID. But you can make racist abuse and delete that account, make another one, delete that account, make another one, and nothing happens. So for me, it's all about uh, you know. Uh, identification. Um, I'm in a lot of chats with uh, Anton Ferdinand and uh, Twitter and other social media companies about this because I do think that that is the only way to hold people account for what they say. It's not about suppressing what people say because it's all about freedom of speech, whether you agree or disagree with what they're saying, but holding people account for when they are overstepping the overstepping the mark and uh, you know taking it to to hate crime. So you've gone through this for years. Mm. I don't know what it feels like because I'm white. I've never, ever been racially abused in my life. Day after day, year after year, you've been receiving these messages. How do you cope with it? Uh, Thick skin, first and foremost. Um, You do have to admit that it is weighed out by the love and the positivity, so that that helps. Um, I can't express to you how it feels. There's like a, a three... You know, when it's me, I can take it. When it's about my kids, it's very difficult. When it's about my partner, it's very difficult. There's, a, there's hard to express uh, the anger, the sadness, and then the, the rage to want to do something. Those are the three key things that I feel. It makes you feel sick, it makes you feel angry, it makes you feel like you want to cry, all in the same emotion. But the, what irritates me is when you talk about it and people, you know, oh... He's talking about that again. Yes, I am, because it's still happening. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't want to help, absolutely fine. But please don't tell me what I shouldn't do. And, and this is where a lot of my frustration is coming with people now. It's because, you know, let's talk about taking the knee. Oh, they shouldn't do that anymore. It's losing its hope. OK, tell me what I should do. Exactly. Help me with the process. If you tell me, right, if you did X, Y, Z, and it will change, mm-hmm. I guarantee you I'll do it. But at this moment in time, no one's really coming with answers. We just live in a world where everyone's saying, well, you shouldn't do that. And there's no, there's no uh, solution. It's just negative. You've given a very simple solution in terms yeah. of verification. It's the only way it's going to work. In this book, you talk about your time 
in prison. Yeah. We know that you had a really tough upbringing. Mm-hmm. You went to prison. Um, you served time for, for what you did. If you hadn't have gone to prison, where do you think you'd be now? Um, I'd probably be in prison, but for a lot longer. Um, just on a tough trajectory. The, the problem is you can't... I can't express to people how my, my train of thought was because it's so juvenile, so in my own world that it wouldn't make sense. So, you know, like going out a lot and fighting and getting into all these different bits of trouble because that wasn't the only fight I had. I had many other fights and got away with it, essentially. But everything on the pitch was going well. So while your life should be chaos and going wrong and work should be affected and home life should be affected, it was two completely separate entities. Work was going well. I was scoring goals for Watford. I was finally getting game time under Sean Dyche and it was all going well. But outside, I lived in a like a Tasmanian devil spin. It was just, everything was upside down. Family had died. Uh, role models had died. And no one had taught me, you know, it's all right to speak about it. It's all right to cry. It was like, neck a drink, carry on, suppress it, keep going, keep going. So um, if that intervention hadn't have happened... I probably would have done some a lot worse or been in a worse situation being on the receiving end because I do believe, you know, karma comes back and bites you on the backside. Very quickly, final question. When you're out and about, and we know that you are outspoken, <laughs> we know that you've got a violent past. Because of that, do you often find that people try and take you on when you're out and about just because of who you are? Which yeah. means sometimes you can't even go out. Yeah, that's why I live a very boring life now. I stay in a lot more. I, uh, I walk the dogs, I do homework with the kids and I try and have as much fun in, in my own security of my own home. I try and make that my, my fortress. But, yeah, it, it, it's tough because um, you've got the, the TV media perception of me or football perception of me that is this tough guy and he's all or nothing and screaming and shouting. But the actual me, as you've seen in the 10, 15 minutes, I'm pretty, pretty cool. calm. Yeah, cool, laid back. Uh, if I'd lay back anymore, I'd be lying down. So I'm just, chill- I'm just chilled. <laughs> I well, you seem quite laid back. To end this interview, can I show you my socks? Oh, you're looting. <laughs> well, you know. It's not too cold. Yeah, it's all right. But yeah. The best compliment I can pay you is the fact that I'm a Luton fan, Luton and Watford mm-hmm. arch rivals. I've always listened to your interviews and found them fascinating. Oh, so that's probably the best compliment I can give yeah. you because as a football fan, I want to hear people like you yeah. speaking out like a football fan. Mm-hmm. And if that offends somebody, who cares? Well, no, it's nice to hear. Even if you are a Luton fan, it is nice to hear. But um, no, it's just, it's, it's difficult because, you know, like even I've been in, I've been in Luton, I've been, I've been, I'm everywhere. Like I'm not, I'm accessible. But with people, they sometimes take that as a, you know an opportunity, and I try my best to calm every situation down. Yeah, all about peace and love. Troy, thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. I mean, in in, in this day and age, with all the technology and stuff that we've got, these um, companies, you know, the Twitters, Facebooks, whoever they are, they, they have to be held accountable for this. I know that I know they can't be held accountable for the individuals, and let's let's, let's be yeah. honest, the idiots that are out there doing this thing. There has to be some sort of comeback in the sense. And Troy's right. Why should he? Why yeah. should he not want to do something that he wants to do or be, be part of? Because he's got some idiot at wherever, but you know, behind their keyboard, phone, ID. 
that's what you need for your um, to have your own account. Um, if you can't provide it, you can't have an account. Simple. Yeah. And how often do we talk about police numbers in this country? The police have got enough to be getting on with without trying to investigate yeah. who this person is. If it was done via verification ID, they could say, right, he abused Troy Deeney at that time. Let's go and get him. Simple as okay. that. Yeah. But by doing it that way, and people say, oh, Big Brother's watching, but if you've got nothing to hide, what's the problem? What's the problem? It's exactly yeah. the same way in having a passport, having a driving license. You prove who you are to have an account to go online to talk about things that you want to talk about. Simple. Mm. Done. Yeah. And by doing it that way, people like Troy um, and other players, I mean, it happened to Luton players in the last year or so as well, where they've been abused on social media. And the time and effort that takes to track that person down and try and find out who they are, go down the verification route, and all that's done. You know exactly who they are. Go and get them, um, arrest them, um, do whatever they've got to do. Because it's, you know, he spoke about it as well it, it, with his kids. He said, it's not just me. Mm. People also abuse my wife and my children. That's ridiculous. My Outrageous, children. isn't it? Yes, this- what sort of person is doing that? That's ridiculous. I, I, I can't see any problem with the, 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 the verification side of things, to be honest. I, I think that's very reasonable. And, of course, it happened at the uh, after the Euros as well. Uh, yeah. There was a big, big... That's uh, disgusting as well, wasn't it? Poor poor lads already going through enough from, you know, from and, and to be, you know, pulled apart because of your skin colour for missing the... You know, come on. Stupid, really. Uh, stupid, and so, idiots. Unless, unless there is change, we'll still be having this conversation in 10 years where, yeah, where players be. are still being you mm. know, abused and just make it simple yeah uh, make it simple to catch these people and get them off social media hi this is marlon king and you're listening to do not scratch your eyes podcast i think um the only thing i'd like to just to uh, you know because we've we've kept you for far too long uh mr randy collins good friend of the podcast is, yep. is there uh is there good banter between you two when you, uh, <laughs> when you get together there is when you beat us one nil last season luckily it was <laughs> on the monday i was off but when we beat you one nil last season i made sure that i was in on that monday i listened <laughs> I listened up. in. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was going to get it as well. <laughs> uh, Andy's Andy's a good mate. He's a good broadcaster. Um, yeah, he's he's a top bloke. I've got nothing really bad to say about Andy in any way, shape, or form, really, apart from the fact he supports Watford. But but that that was. <laughs> Our starting point five years ago, it was because at that time I was filling in on the breakfast show and we always knew that somebody else was coming in. So some people saw it as Luton fan being pushed to one side, uh, Watford fan coming in the other side. Uh, well, it wasn't like that at all, but it gave us a good starting point for our banter. Right. But yeah, awesome. Andy, Andy's a, is a brilliant bloke, actually. He's, he's a pleasure to work with. And I just hope that we get the opportunity at some point in the near future to kind of sit down and commentate on a game. We, we tried last season for, for the game at Kenilworth Road. We, we were trying to get um, like an ISDM box put into the stand. Myself and Andy would sit there and commentate on the game. We were desperate for it to happen. <laughs> and we were told, look, it's a lockdown. You can't do that. So we're technically working. No, you cannot do that. Imagine how that's going to look to the audience. So it was stopped in the end. Mm. I wish that had gone ahead. I'm glad I it didn't. I'm glad ahead. it didn't, Justin. They, they <laughs> used to do that for years ago on Sky, didn't they? It was like yeah. fans watch-alongs. Oh, yeah, they, oh really? fan zone or yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fan zone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. But no, and Andy speaks very hard highly of you two. Oh, good. And that's probably the only reason why I'm here, to be honest with you. Oh, well, that's good news. He's a bit of a good luck charm for us, Andy. So I think, I think Justin, going forward, if we are relegated this season, what we'll do is just before the, the, the Luton game, we'll get Andy on. Yeah. 
because for some reason, whenever he comes on, we absolutely wallop teams. <laughs> <laughs> the next game, Sorry, after he's had his rant, he has a rant about how bad we are, and then we go and smash teams. Well, it was 6 0. Ev- Everton. So after and Everton as well. Game, yeah. yeah, yeah. After the Liverpool game, he was on, and we smashed Everton. And then what was the first one? It was, <laughs> it was uh, Bristol City, was it 6 Bristol City, 6 1. 6 1, yeah. So he's a wow. bit of a good luck charm for us, Mr. Collins. Well, he's, the, the other week when I saw him, I said, What's that in your hand? And it's, yeah, where are we going with this? But no, he, he had some sort of good luck charm. In his hand, it was some sort of rocks, and I said, well, "What have you got? What's going on?" He said, "Well, I'm doing panto. I don't want to get ill. So if I've got this on my hand, it will bring me good luck. So maybe Blessings. he had that uh, when he was doing it. I don't know. Maybe, don't know. maybe, yeah. yeah he's a, a, he's a an yeah, yeah. God bless him. Do not scratch your eyes. Thank you very much for joining us, Justin. It's it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Thank you for for having me on. It's it's not been as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, I, I yeah. did think the, the initial invitation had gone to the wrong Justin. I must admit, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's been it's been it's been okay. Yeah, it, it's been nice to it's, it's been it's been nice to talk to you, and um, you know, obviously, you build up in your head what it's going to be like talking to a Luton fan. But yeah, it's it's not been too bad. It's, it's not been, been too right. bad. I like this damning with faint praise thing that's going on here. Towards- <laughs> yeah, it's the only way we can operate here. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's been all right. Final question to you boys: Then, have you ever been to a Luton Watford or Watford Luton game, but in the wrong end? You've gone with with friends or family? No, no, no. Wouldn't dare. Wouldn't dream. I of wouldn't it. dare do it, mate. I don't think I could. Have you? Um, I haven't, but my dad has. Oh, okay. He was. He got invited to. Uh, it was corporate hospitality when it was that League Cup game. So through his company. Oh, but he was having a nightmare up there. Wasn't he? he was. He was in the boxes at the back of. Um, what's that stand? It's the Graham the, Taylor now. It was the Rouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the Graham. Yeah. So right at the back, and in that box, it was half Luton, half Watford. So, so when Spring scored the goal, I mean, such a, a rocket. They it all, was a great yes! goal. It was a great goal. Yes. yes. Straight away, a load of people turned around. <laughs> I, I haven't been brave enough but yeah my dad has my dad has not a chance will i ever do that i just can't <laughs> i couldn't keep quiet i just don't think, and i no. couldn't cheer if you scored i just couldn't do it i, I have done it before i've done but never never watford luton no, I, I, no not qpr's the nearest i've done that uh, i didn't enjoy that much either so no, I'm not no doing that's that. probably not a great ground to do that at. it's not not especially as we thumped them as well it was just like very very uncomfortable but uh no i'm not doing that but listen if if we do play each other again you know hopefully soon (laughs) then we'll we'll meet up before the game and when we play each other again (laughs) when okay when we play each other who knows i think that there are a lot of people that are kind of banking on it for for next season but you never know which way though us coming down or you coming up i think i think the most likely well look if if come on you can say we're friends you can say i think i think if luton went up that that would be something um, but I think there's more chance of, of you coming down because if you look at the bottom three, Newcastle are going to spend big. They're probably going to get out of it. Burnley, Dyche, <laughs> probably going to get out of it. So I, I would say the most likely scenario would be um, you coming down. But you never know. I, I can't. I think, I, think the Premier, I think the Premier League would actually stop Luton going up um, because I would demand <laughs> that there be a safety review at that stadium before you were allowed to Don't enter worry, the Premier the League. Don't worry, the wheels are in motion. The, the chief exec... <laughs> Um, was saying last week that the only thing they need to upgrade really is the floodlights. So as soon as that's really? done, that the pitch <laughs> mix regulations, oh my God, <laughs> other pitches with, with a tape measure to, to measure the pitch. The pitch is fine. The floodlights need doing. But yeah, 
it would actually pass. If they went up, it would 100% pass wow. as a Premier wow. League. I just, I just... Guardiola coming out of <laughs> yeah. the main stand. I mean, that, yeah. that I, I would pay good money to watch that. I really would. I want to you know, see, <laughs> see the Liverpool fans trying to work out where the away end is. They just see a, yeah. a, a, a load, a house. Of, a load <laughs> of, of terraced houses yeah. and go, oh, it's here. I see. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Is it the Oaks? Oh, very the Oaks very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. I, I don't know how far it went down. I don't know if you ever saw this, but on right move, the house yeah. that's right next oh, yes. to the yeah. yeah was up for sale, and there was loads of banter going around that what we should all club together and buy it <laughs> and just paint it yellow, black, and red. <laughs> I actually phoned the estate agent for, as part of my radio job and said, "Look, this house has come up," and he was a listener. He said, "Oh, why do you want to talk to him?" I said, "Why do you think he has got the most <laughs> exclusive garden in the whole of the UK?" Yeah, yeah. So he's gone and spoken to the bloke who was selling the house because we wanted to do a a Homes Under the Hammer style feature on this property. And he came back two days later and went, look, he doesn't want to do it because he's worried it might put people off buying the property. (laughs) (laughs) I think as soon as you turn up, if you're not a Luton fan, if you turn up and go, so I I live here, do I? I think I'll leave it. He literally had 25 viewings in one weekend. It sold just like that. my God. Piece of history, eh? Did it sell to a fan, do you know? I'm not sure who bought it. I, I I, I was tempted the other week to go and knock on the bloke's door and say, can we do a feature on your house? But it just felt a bit weird, so I left it. <laughs> Man from the radio here. Yeah. yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Fantastic. Listen, Justin, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. A pleasure. All the best, gents. Thanks, Stop, Cheers, Cheers, Justin. Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.